Amazing, amazing. Like Wayne said, my name is Michael, and I'm one of the pastors here at Life Changes Church, and I get the privilege to preach this morning, and I am married to my amazing wife, Crystal, who I met in the church. Come on, somebody. God is good. Yeah. If you look at her, you look at me, then you know God is a miraculous God right there. <laughs> he is faithful. And if you're single, uh, this is a good place to find your wife. Come on, somebody. Just declaring that over us. Um, but I have the privilege of preaching, and I'm so excited to preach this word this morning because uh, this week has been a crazy week. It's been a crazy year. Sherbet 2020 has been an absolutely crazy year. And if I've shown my age, I look young, but I said the word Sherbet, so I'm 42 in spirit. Um, but I want to say it's been a crazy week, and we've just seen while uh, regulations have been changing and uh, the rumors about the president's address on Thursday, I just see social media posts and see messages, and uh, a spirit of fear is just starting to rise, and people are getting a bit more tense, and what does that mean for the economy? What does that mean? Do we go into another lockdown? What does that mean in terms of safety? And more and more, we see that there's change happening, that 2020 is still continuing, there's still a long way to go, and that actually life has changed from last year. And that's the reason why I want to preach this word entitled, Never Forget. Never forget, because I believe that God is still speaking, God is still moving, and even though there's the spirit of fear, I know every time I get a tickle in my throat, I start Googling symptoms, what is it, but I want to say, never Google your symptoms. Once I thought I had Crohn's disease, it turned out just to be bad gas, so never Google your symptoms. That's, that's just for free, but I digress. Um, but in the season, going into Christmas, that the year has looked different. It's different to 2019. All these things are changing, but God is still faithful. And I want to say, never forget. That's the thing I want us to take away. Never forget. And we are going to be reading out of the book of Malachi. Come on, somebody. It's at the end of the Old Testament. It's the last book of the Old Testament. It's those pages where there's dust in your Bible. No, I'm joking, joking. But uh, if you have a phone or if you have your Bible, why don't you get that out? Turn with us to Malachi 3, 1 to 6. And we're going to be reading God's Word. But I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to jump into some Scripture. Thank you, Father, that you are good. Lord, I just pray that you open our hearts that we will receive your word in fullness, Father, and we will see you in fullness, that we will get a fresh and deep revelation of who you are, your name and your word that still speaks over our lives, that still is living and active. And I pray that we glorify your name this morning. Amen. Amen. Why don't you turn to somebody and say, it's good to be in church. Come on. We believe it. We believe in life changes, that we're not just spectators, we're participators. So say amen, participate, uh, come live and active. And we're going to read the word now, Malachi 3, verse 1. It says this, I'm reading from the CSB, whatever translation you have. See, I'm going to send my messenger, and he will clear the way before me. Then the Lord you seek will suddenly come to his temple, the messenger of the covenant you desire. See, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts, but who can enjoy the day of his coming, and who will be able to stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire and like cleansing lye. He will be like a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver. Then they will present offerings to the Lord in righteousness, and the offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will please the Lord as in days of old and years gone by. 
I will come to you in judgment, and I will be ready to witness against sorcerers and adulterers, against those who swear falsely, against those who oppress the widow and the fatherless, and cheat the wage earner, and against those who deny justice to the foreigner. They do not fear me, says the Lord of hosts, because I, Yahweh, can we say Yahweh together? Yahweh have not changed. You, descendants of Jacob, have not been destroyed. We see this uh, book of Malachi, and uh, uh, this is taking place where the Israelites had been away from, out of exile for a hundred years. They had been back in the uh, nation of Judah for a hundred years, but things looked different to uh, where they had left them. Life was different. Things had changed. There was barrenness in the land. There was famine in the land, and I want to say maybe that's like your 2020. Maybe right now you are in a barren and dry season where you feel like your relationship with God is just dry, where there's no streams of living water. Or maybe your financial situation, there's famine in that. And I want to say is that God spoke to the Israelites. He gave them a word, and that still applies to us today. See, we can read this, and sometimes we can think that the Israelites, they were a nation in history. But actually, God reminds us that we are just like the Israelites, that we respond just in the same way. But he's writing to this people, the Israelite nation, and Malachi simply means messenger. Malachi is not a name, it means messenger. And God is sending a prophetic message to his people. And he is declaring over generations and generations to come that he is faithful, he is God, and that he is their king. And he's reminding the Israelites of this. He's reminding us that he is still active. He is still working. He still has a plan for us. He has a future. He has not left you. He has not forsaken you. He is faithful to himself and to his word. And so we get this beautiful piece of scripture in Malachi that a God who does not change. And we're actually going to start from the the back and work our way forward. So verse 6, it says, I am the Lord I do not change. What is God doing there? What is God? Is He just declaring it over His people? Yes, but He is also reminding the Israelites of a promise He had given them long, long ago. See, He is reminding them who He is. See, back in Exodus 3, when He first met Moses, uh, He says this, God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Jacob, the God of Isaac has sent me to you. This is my name forever, the name you shall call me from generation to generation. See, what God, what God was doing in one moment was to remind the Israelites of who he was. He was reminding them of his name. And why is that so important? See, when God names us, He gives us names for a reason. He called, he called Abram from, to Abraham, the father of many nations. Names are important. It shows a future. It shows an inheritance. It f- shows a destiny and a purpose. So when God names Himself, we better stop and listen. See, God uses the name Yahweh. I am who I am. 6,282 times in the Old Testament alone. Just take a moment and think about that. God wants you to know who He is. God wants you to know His name. God wants you 
to know him. He wants to have a personal relationship with each and every one with us, of us, and he's speaking his name over our lives. See, the reason he is speaking his name over our lives is because God is faithful to his name. God is faithful. He never changes. And what does Yahweh mean? What does I am who I am mean? It means this, that God exists. That should breathe courage into your souls that God is, exists and he has always existed. Nothing can change that fact. He was in the beginning and he will be forever for eternity. See, God also never changes. He is constant and consistent. Where we shift and sway, God is constant. When we fall short of His glory, when we sin, when we go to vices, whatever it is, when we get angry and frustrated, when fear rises up in 2020, God never changes and He is always the same and His grace is always constant in our lives. See, God is also everlasting. He will be forever. And one day we will be with him in eternity. This should encourage you to know that this is God, that this is a God who wants to know you. He also wants us to conform to him. He wants us to conform to his likeness. That is why he speaks his name so many times in the Old Testament. Because he wants us to be shaped and molded to him and his characteristics as a father. See, we know our father's name and we spend time with our father because we want to trust him. We want to know him. We want to be known by him. And the more we are known by him, the more we know his promises and can put our hope and trust in him. See, and the lastly, I am who I am shows us, tells us, declares over our lives that He draws near to us. See, sometimes we make the statement, I choose you, Lord, when I chose Christ. Yes, that is correct. We choose Him. We choose to follow Him. But He first chose us. He first drew near to us. That should encourage you. He drew near to you in your mess, in your brokenness. In 2020, when you are anxious, when you are fearful, He draws near to you. He is not surprised or taken aback by your situation. He is not surprised by the status of our economy, by the politics in our land. He draws near to us, and He is the everlasting God who never changes. See, in this, God's name is both a res uh, an, an announcement and an introduction. It announces God's presence in our lives and invites us to know Him by experience, to taste and see that the Lord is good. See, He is announcing in our lives that His presence is there. He is always there. He will ne never leave you nor forsake you. No matter what happens in COVID, no matter what happens with lockdown and regulations, God is there and His presence is with you. And then He invites you into His story, not our own. He is the greatest author there is. And He invites you into His story because He drew near to you first. See, Psalm 9 verse 10 says this, And those who know your name put their trust in you. Why do we need to know God's name? Think about that. Think about why you need to know His name. Because you can put your trust in Him. Because He is your Savior. He is faithful. And I want to say is, will you learn who God is? Will you learn who He is? Because He is trustworthy. We can trust Him. Now, the Israelites are just like us, like I said, and they knew who God was. They saw miracles in their midst. They saw the Red Sea parted. They saw a pillar of fire. But also, the Israelites were serial forgetters. And I say serial because they were always hungry and complaining. Okay, and so if they had to be in the uh, uh, movie Finding Nemo, 
that movie would be two minutes long. Why? Because God will tell them to go find Nemo. God would part the ocean for them, show them where Nemo was. They would get to the other side, forget everything, and then complain that there was no food and no Netflix. That's who the Israelites were. And we are just like them. How often do we come on a Sunday? We declare, great is thy faithfulness, Lord. You are good. And then Monday comes, Tuesday comes. There's talk of lockdown. There's talk of regulations and anxiety starts to rise. Fear starts to rise. Your circumstances become real. And that's not to take anything away from your circumstances, but that is to tell you that God is greater than your circumstances. And I'm preaching this to myself because this past week I got anxious and I got fearful as things were changing. And what does that mean for Christmas? What does that mean for the next year? What does that mean for safety and ourselves? But God is saying He is faithful. Do not forget my promises. Do not forget who I am. Do not forget that my presence is with you and I will never leave you nor forsake you. See, the messenger is speaking to an Israelite nation who had been back in Israel for a hundred years, but everything had changed. That is 2020 in a nutshell. Everything has changed. It's not the same as it was last year. Maybe your financial situation is not the same as it was last year. Maybe your marriage isn't the same. Maybe it's in a process of change. Can I tell you that God is still speaking over your life, and He is still with you, and He is still present But the Israelite nation, they had not built anything out of fear. They had not built anything. They had restored the temple, but it was a shadow of its former self. It wasn't like it used to be. They didn't even have a fortified fortress because they were afraid that they had no king. See, they needed a king to take them into victory. They needed a king to take them into battle. And how often do we want that of God, that God just come, change the situation, come right now, come right now, come right now, God. But actually, God has always been king of our lives. He's always been king, and he always will be king. See, God responds like this when the Israelite nation are demanding a king. He says this in 1 Samuel 8, verse 6 to 8. But when they said, give us a king to lead us, this displeased Samuel. So he prayed to the Lord, and the Lord told him, listen to all that the people are saying to you. It is not you they have rejected, but they have rejected me as their king. As they have done from the day I brought them out of Egypt until this day, forsaking me and serving other gods, so they are doing to you. See, the Israelite nation were one where they made other idols. They turned to temptation, they turned to sin, they turned to vices, and they forgot the promises of God. They forgot who God was for them. But I want to say is never forget God is king. Never forget he is the king of your life and he will always be the king of your life. See, the Bible tells us that without exception, every king after David was more sinful than the next. When we put our hope and our trust in earthly kings, they will fail you. They will fail us. They will fall short of the glory of God because there's only one perfect king, one pure king, one great king, and his name is Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. But can I tell you that even in the midst of this mess, even in the midst of the Israelite nation forsaking God, God had a plan, and God has a plan for you, and God's plan is perfect. See, Jesus is revealed in Malachi. He's revealed as the messenger of truth, and he's also revealed as the refiner and purifier of our lives. What do I mean by that? Is that in verse 2 to 3, it says this, 
But who will be able to endure it when he comes? Who will be able to stand and face him when he appears? For he will be like a blazing fire that refines metal, or like strong soap that bleaches clothes. He will sit like a refiner of silver, burning away the dross. Now that word dross is all the rubbish, all the impurities that are in the iron ore. And what they did in that day is they would heat up iron ore in a fiery furnace, a blazing furnace that was hot and overwhelming. And they would wait until the iron ore had melted and that the, only the silver was left. And the refiner, the silversmith would sit there. He would sit there and wait. And he wouldn't touch the metal. He wouldn't touch the metal at all until his face could be reflected in the surface of the silver, then he knew that it was perfect. See, that is what God is doing. He is the refiner of your lives. And when it feels like the, the temperature is cranked up to a thousand, when it's hot, when it's overwhelming, God is sitting as the refiner and he is waiting and he is watching and he is waiting to see his reflection in you because he is faithful. And the word for refiner is saraf. In Hebrew, it's almost like a word you would use in observatory on a Friday night. Saraf. See, that is what it means, okay? But that word, yeah, just making sure you're awake. Just making sure. I love that joke. But that word saraf means fused together. God wants to be fused with you. He wants your likeness to be on you. He wants to be seen in you. He wants to be in every aspect of your life. He wants to leave no part untouched. And if you are in the furnace, if you're saying, Michael, that is me this morning. I feel like I can't go any lower. I feel like the temperature can't get any hotter. God is faithful to his process. God is a refiner of your lives, and he is waiting till you are a precious metal. See, it says in Philippians 1 verse 6, And I am sure that God, who began the good work in you, will continue His work until it is finally finished on the day when Jesus Christ comes back. When it seems like God isn't working, when it seems like God has forgotten about you, this is the time when, he, when we need to trust in God and never forget that He is faithful. See, he is the perfect refiner. He is the perfect purifier. And he sits and waits. And he never leaves you for a second. When it looks like he is gone, I promise you, he is with you. His presence goes before you. And he is faithful to his promises. We just need to put our trust in a greater Savior. We need to put our trust in a greater refiner and not go to our own plans, not try our own things, not put our trust and hope in our own abilities, but put our trust in God. Never forget that he is faithful. Never forget that he is king. And never forget his faithfulness. See, but you may be saying, Michael, that's all good and well. I hear the words you are saying, but I just can't seem to believe it. I just can't seem to believe that God will never leave me. It just feels like He's not there. I can't sense His presence. I can't see His promises in my life. The promises He had given me in the beginning of 2020 just don't seem to be coming to fruition. My financial situation is still in a barren land. My marriage is still dry. I'm still depressed. I'm still struggling with all these things. Can I say to you that the Israelites felt the same way? The Israelites were in the exact situation. How do I know this? Because the very last word of the book of Malachi is the word curse. The book of Malachi, 
the last book of the Old Testament, the last prophetic book given to the Israelite nation, ended with a curse. Just imagine that. You are a people. You are God's chosen. And there's a curse hanging over your life. It seems like all hope has, is lost. It seems like there can be no restoration, no hope for you. But can I tell you that God is working? God is faithful. See, Malachi ends with a curse, and there, there is 400 years of silence. 400 years between the Old Testament and the New Testament. 400 years of God's promises just waiting. God's promises hanging over their lives. God's promises not being fulfilled, not coming to fruition. 400 years where they felt desperate, where they felt alone, where they were in a barren land and life had changed and they did not feel like God's hand was still upon them. Maybe that is you today. Maybe you feel like there's 400 years of silence in your life, that God is silent in your life, that you are crying out to Him, but you can't hear Him speaking. You can't hear His word over your life. You can't hear Jesus' blood speaking over your life. Can I tell you that the Israelites were in the exact same position? The exact same position. But what does God call us to? What does God call us to in this moment? See, do not lose hope. Do not lose hope because He is faithful. Never forget His faithfulness because in the silence, God was working. In the silence, God's voice of creation was still echoing. In the silence, He was still speaking over their lives and over your life because why? In the silence came a cry of a child in a manger. In the silence came the cry of a begotten king. In the silence came Jesus Christ. And he said, where there's a curse, I will bring it to redemption. Where there's unfulfilled promises over your life, I will bring them to fulfillment. I am still speaking over your life. I have broken the silence and my voice will ring in your life for generation to generation. And I will fulfill the promises that God had for you. See, in the silence came the Savior. His name is Jesus. Never forget that Jesus is King. 